search the world But it couldn't fill me Well, man's empty praise And treasures of faith Are never enough Then you came along And you put me back together Every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing is better than you.
let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on, let's give him honor today. Come on, let's give him honor today. Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus in this house today. Lord, we worship you. Come on, let's sing that again. Come on, you turn graves into gardens. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that today? Before, come on, before we, come on, sing it out. Lord. Come on, listen. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. Psalm 99 says this. It says, the Lord is king. The Lord is king. Let the nations tremble. He sits on his throne between the cherubim. Let the whole earth quake. Listen, the Lord sits in majesty in Jerusalem, exalted above all the nations, there's no nation in the world that is above our God. Amen? Let them praise you, uh, your great and awesome name. There's no name like the name of Jesus. When we call upon the name of Jesus, demons tremble. When we call upon the name of Jesus, sickness flees. Come on, do you believe that this morning? Listen to this. It says, your name is holy, mighty king, lover of justice. You have established fairness. You have acted, acted with justice and righteousness throughout Israel. Verse 5 says this. Listen to this. Listen to this. It says this. Exalt the Lord our God. Exalt the Lord our God. When we begin to exalt the Lord, let me tell you what that is. When we begin to magnify the Lord, we're putting him, we're making him, and we're putting him in his rightful place, but he's bigger than any situation that you can face, anything that you're going through. Come on, let's exalt the Lord this morning. Let's put him above our trials. Let's put him above our situations. It says this, bow low before his feet, for he is holy. This is what I want to do this morning. Now, I wasn't supposed to be up here, but I am up here this morning. This is what I want, want to do this morning. There is a lot of people that are sick in their body right now. And what I would like to do as a body here today, I just want to say a corporate prayer for those who are sick in their body and fighting sickness right now. And that includes our president. Amen. So, you know what? You say, well, I may not agree with him. You may not agree with him, but you should pray for him still. Amen. So let's do this. Will you stretch your hands towards heaven? God, we exalt your name. Lord, we exalt your name above sickness. Jesus, the name above every other name. Lord, we pray for those who are sick in their body today. 
God, we pray, Lord, that divine healing, Lord, would just begin to flow. God, maybe they're watching by video today. Maybe they weren't able to make it today. Maybe they're sick in their bed. But, God, I pray right now, God, that your Holy Spirit would just quicken them and be with them right now. God, let the blood of Jesus begin to flow, God, right where they're at. God, we believe in, in healing, God, and we know, Lord, that, that it is for us. And so, God, we pray today, Lord, for healing, God, amongst the people. God, we pray for our president this morning. God, I ask, Lord, that you would touch his body. Lord, that you would minister to him. Lord, for his wife. Lord, and those who are, who are sick in their body. We come against this illness in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, can you lift him up? Can you lift him up? Lord, you are our defender. Lord, you go before us. God, we thank you and we honor you. Come on and lift your hands. Come on and just worship him.
we say, God, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, for putting our agenda above your agenda, for putting our desires above your desires. Kind of reminds me when I'm, my wife is trying to tell me something and I'm busy on my phone, looking at my phone, and she, I'm, I, can, I can multitask usually, but she'll say something to me and then I'll, she'll ask me a question and I'll answer a yes, no question with something that shouldn't be there and she'll say you're not listening to me and I think sometimes in the hustle and bustle of life and our jobs and living life we are like that with the Lord he's trying to talk to us and we're so busy doing what we're doing and all he really wants to hear you is us to say Lord I just want you the things of this earth they're going to pass away they're temporal but God what I really want is you, and what I really need is you. That's why I like this song, because it's a call back to the purity of our relationship with the Lord. And so often we have so many idols, and you say, well, I don't believe I have an idol. But we put things before our relationship, between us and our relationship with the Lord. Whether you realize it or don't realize it, we have to be uh, cognitive and, and understand that, that we do that. And we have to know that and say, hey, God. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Lord, that I put Netflix before you. God, I'm so sorry, Lord, that I put my favorite sport before you. God, I'm so sorry that I put my hobby before you. What about this one? God, I'm so sorry that I put my relationship with my spouse before you. Say, God, forgive us. God, forgive me. God, it helped me to recognize that. Can we just lift our hands? Come on. Come on, just love on him. Just love on him. Come on. Just love on him. just want you nothing else nothing else come on sing it out nothing else I just, I just come on just tell him that words but powerful
So, Lord, we soften our hearts today. Holy Spirit, God, make us pliable. Make us moldable today, Lord. Lord, your word says, Lord, that you take out the stony heart. God, you replace it with, with the right heart. So today, God, we say, God, make us pliable. God, we surrender to you and to you only, Jesus. We honor and we praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this place? He's here. He's here. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, you may be seated today. While you're seated, look at your neighbor and say, it is good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. I want to say, if you are with us today and you are a guest, I want to just give you a, a personal uh, welcome today. It is so good to see you, and we are glad that you are here. So can we give all of our guests a warm welcome this morning? So good to see you. The I noticed, uh, this is new to me, the weather is shifting pretty quick here, and so... This California boy right here, uh, my, my bones are, are not used to this weather shifting this fast. But no, we're, it's been really nice, the crisp, cool fall air. I love it. Now, everyone tells me I should love it before winter gets here, right? That's what, I, that's what I'm told. So I'm enjoying it. You guys are used to it, but I'm enjoying it. We were driving down the road the other day, and Tristan was like, oh, look at this tree. Look at that tree. And, you know, you guys don't understand. When you live in California, there's palm trees, and then there's evergreens, and then some of them are on fire. That's the only other color we get there. So, um, but uh, it's, it's been beautiful. It's so good to see you all today. We are thrilled to have you here in the house of the Lord. There's no better place that you could be today. Amen. Hey Amen, and I, I believe that, I believe that, and so uh, I just want to say uh, uh, thank you for, for praying with us earlier, for all the, the needs. Now you say, boy, is there a bunch of people that are sick uh, with COVID, TJ? No, that's not the case here in our church. We just got people that are sick. Can you get real normal sick anymore? I, I don't know if that's possible or not, but, uh, but we just have people that aren't feeling well. We just, we just ask you to pray for them. And I promise you, if you were in their shoes, you would hope they, that we would pray for you. Amen. So we'll pray for you. We'll continue to pray for you. If you're watching right now, we're going to continue to pray for you and pray that God will heal you. And so uh, I wanted to kind of shift from where we had been going. We've been walking through kind of the, the book of Joshua. And I just felt uh, the Holy Spirit kind of lead me in a different direction uh, this week. But we're going to be in Luke uh, chapter 5, if you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 5. And if you don't have it, I think they'll have it on the screen today. And they're doing an awesome job back there. Let's give our media team a hand clap. <laughs> Luke chapter 5, verse 1, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read this uh, it says this, one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left, left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, which is also, if you don't know, that's Peter, uh, to push it out into the water. So he sat on the boat and taught the crowds from there. Verse 4 says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, 
Now go out where, where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your presence, Lord, that we feel in this place. God, I ask, Lord, that you would just send your anointing, God. Lord, that you would cover this word under your, your grace and your mercy. God, I pray, Lord, that you would use me as an oracle today, God, to just uh, speak what you are trying to, to give to this body today. God, use me how you see fit. God, I'm just a, a jar of clay. God, use me how you see fit today. God, and we'll give you the praise and we'll give you the honor. And everybody said, amen. I want to talk to you on this simple subject today, this time. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, this time. This time. Everyone look at your other neighbor, look at your watch and say, this time. All right, that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but just so you know. But uh, how many know that life, life can be tough, right? When you are a teenager and, uh, you, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're about the age of 14 to 19, 20, maybe sometimes up into your 20s, uh, you, you know it all, right? And uh, because you're so young and you've experienced so much life through your teenage years, I'm learning that. I have teenagers, and I've, I've found out that they know a lot more than me and my wife do. It's pretty impressive sometimes. Uh, and, uh, and, and when you're that young, sometimes you think that, life, that you're invisible, right? And uh, as you get a little bit older, you become a little bit wiser. I don't like climbing on super tall things like I used to when I was younger. I don't like doing uh, daredevil type things like I would do when I was 16. I would just go, you know, jump off a cliff into, a, you know, a 50-foot cliff into a river. No big deal. Now I get to the edge and I'm like, ooh, that would hurt, right? Uh, but one of the things that, that we come to find out as, as young people is as we get into life, life sometimes can be really tough. Um, it's not always just, uh, you know, roses, right? Uh, but sometimes we get thrown curveballs in life, right? Sometimes we, we're going along and we're living our life and everything's going real good. And then all of a sudden we think, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hit this and it's going to go good. And then we get a curveball and we end up swinging and it's a swing and a miss, right? And that happens in life. And sometimes certain things happen in our lives that completely flip our whole world upside down. Has anybody ever been there before? I've been there, right? Uh, maybe, maybe in your life. Maybe you've been diagnosed with a chronic illness. That'll flip your world upside down. Maybe there's a death in your family. That could flip your world upside down. Or any other trial. Maybe, maybe just maybe you, you were in a car accident. Sometimes that can flip your whole world upside down, literally. But also, you know, it, it can mess up the way that life that you thought it would go, right? Maybe there's an issue in your marriage and your spouse no longer wants to be with you. That can mess your world up. And, uh, you know, 2020 has been a weird year, right? It's just been an odd year. There's a lot of weird things. And there's, there's basically two camps of people that I've seen in 2020. And there's really not much in the middle. There's two, two groups. There's this group on this side that say 2020 has been the worst year of my life. I lost my job. I'm struggling. I don't know how people are making it, all that, and, and it's been terrible, and it's just all bad. And then on the other side, there's this other group in 2020, and they're like, 2020 has been the best year of my life, right? You know some people who are on this side, right? I know people that are on this side, and I know people that are on this side. Maybe they're on this side. This person lost their job. This person owns a business, and they say, my business is doing better than it's ever done before. 
And it's been weird. This has kind of been a weird year. Usually there's more in the middle, but this year it's just kind of been like, here it is. You know, it's either this or that, right? And, uh, and some would say it's the worst year ever, and some will say, hey, it's the best year ever. It's, it's crazy to me. And so, and, and some may be walking in sickness and, and struggling. And then on this side, some people are just totally healthy and things are just falling into place. They got accepted into the college they want. Their kids are moving out. Everything's going great. And I'm not trying to get my kids to move out. Don't get me wrong, okay? But this week, it was crazy. What prompted me to go to this scripture this week, this week, early this week, uh, and some into last week, I had, I had multiple phone calls from, from different friends that are in the ministry. And uh, they called and just reached out to me. And I didn't know why they were calling. And, uh, and, and they both people that, that I talked to were struggling. Have you ever just struggled in life? You ever just had a hard time? Anybody or am I the only one that's ever, ever done that? And they were both struggling. Now, listen, there was no sin in their life. Listen, these guys were, were ministers of the gospel. It wasn't like that they had, had made some, some terrible mistake like that. But they just called, and they were walking in a season or, or a place of discouragement. Have you ever walked in a place of discouragement? And, man, if you haven't, you will. Right? There's some days where you're in this side. Woohoo! And then there's some days where you're on this side. I got to go to work again. I got to go see that person at work again. Come on, I'm getting real, right? Right? And so, but these guys, they, they called me. They were discouraged. And, and, and one of them began to tell me how, how some people in their church had betrayed them. And I thought, man, that is so sad. And, that's, that, and I began to feel his, feel his pain. And they felt neglected and they felt alone. In tears, one of them said, you know what? I just am this close to throwing in the towel. So I'm this close to quitting. I'm this close to quitting. And I, as he told me that, I, I just took pause for a moment. I didn't really even know what to say to him other than just don't do it. But I took pause for a moment, and I began to think about this. And I began to think about how the devil comes, and he tries to discourage us, and he tries to make us quit, and he throws things at us that, that make us trip or make us fall. And we end up kind of in that place. Here's a minister of the gospel who's like, just tell me when, God, I'll throw in the towel right now. Right? And it, it, it kind of blows my mind, and I was just like, man. And I began to counsel them, and I just said, listen, hang in there. Hang in there. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for your family. I may not understand completely what you're going through. I may not totally understand the struggle that you're dealing with right now. But what I do want to tell you is that I'm standing with you in prayer. Amen? And the devil does that. And, and, here, and this is crazy. He was frustrated and in tears. And, and they were discouraged. And sometimes when you're in the ministry or you're doing ministry and, and you're working for the Lord, uh, you know, in, in our story, there was, there's Peter, right? And Peter had just spent all night fishing. We, lo we love this story, right? This is one of the great Sunday school stories. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody learn this story in Sunday school? All right, good. All right. So this is one of those stories. And so Peter and, and his brother Andrew and, and James and John, they had been fishing all night long. Now, this wasn't casual fishing. This is how they made their living. They were out there trying to make their living. And what happened? They went all night long and didn't catch a fish. It's like they went fishing with TJ. 
right? And nothing. And so they find themselves on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. There they are. And you know what they're doing? And you know what Peter is doing there? He is literally taking, this is what they would do after they would fish all night. They would take their nets. They would wash them with fresh water. And they would begin to stretch their nets. They would clean their nets is what they would call. They would take them. They would wash them. And they would, they would stretch them. And so there they are. Didn't catch any fish. But they're doing what they know to do. And sometimes when you have a night of disappointment where you've been trying to fish and you haven't caught anything and maybe discouragement has set in, you might find yourself on the shore. There you are cleaning your nets again, stretching your nets, cleaning your nets. And it seems like a mundane thing, right? And it seems like, oh, it's just the same thing. Have you ever felt like sometimes your life is just mundane? It's the same thing over and over, kind of like that movie Groundhog Day where the guy is just like he's reliving the same day over and over and over and over. Have you ever felt that way spiritually where you're just kind of going through the same thing? And I love that we just sang that song because it talks about I'm not, I'm not going through the motions. But sometimes in our walk with God, we're just going through the motions because it's what we know to do. No other reason, it's just what we do, right? And so, there's Peter and Andrew and James and John, and they're out there cleaning their nets. And it's amazing to me because, man, God is so good. Jesus just happens to be there. And it says in our scripture, it, it told us that there was a, a, a group of people that were pressing. Where Jesus is, there's always a crowd, if you look in the New Testament where Jesus was, there's always a crowd. Matter of fact, Jesus was one of those guys. He would be like, hey, too many people right now. He was, a guy, I think, an introvert. Maybe deep down inside, he's like, I'm going to go pray. I need to get away from the crowds for a moment. But Jesus, at this moment, he had, he had healed some people, and the crowds were beginning to press him. They're beginning to, he's got the sea behind him, and they're beginning to come. And matter of fact, it says a multitude, if you have a, 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 maybe a King James Version or a New King James Version, it says a multitude. And you know what the number is for a multitude? 10,000 people pressing Jesus that day as he's there. And they're wanting answers from Jesus. So Jesus, here he is, pressing up against the sea, and he sees this boat. These guys are cleaning their, their nets, and they're down there washing their nets, and he sees an opportunity. Man, I love that. I love that. God sees, uh, Jesus sees a, an opportunity, and what does he do? He basically, he tells Peter, he says, hey, uh, I'm going to need you to, I'm going to need to use your boat. And when you say, well, why would, why would he need to do, use his boat? Because then he could get in the boat and he could press back a little bit from the people. And then there would be some water between him and the people. And this is another reason. I've heard some scholars say it this way. When he would begin to teach there, the, the lake or the Sea of Galilee would actually be an amplifier. They didn't have sound systems back then. So when he began to speak, it would bounce off the water and it would go forth. And when he began to teach that day. Can I tell you this? Have you ever felt super discouraged in your life and you felt like you're trying your best to do what you know to do? Maybe like Peter, Andrew, James, and John. You're out there fishing. You're doing your best. Not really getting anything. Here's my net. It's late. It's early in the morning. I'm going to clean my net. That's all I know to do. Have you ever felt discouraged like that? Maybe this is you. Maybe you feel like this in your walk. 
uh, and you say, hey, I've been going to church, I've been reading my Bible, and I've been serving in the church, and it feels like this, God. I feel like I just keep dredging my nets, and I keep getting nothing. Have you ever felt that way? Am I the only one? But I wanted, I, there's some great practicality in this story that I, I just want to bring out, okay? So look at this. I'm going to go back up here. Verse 3 says this. Luke, Luke, 5, chapter, uh, or Luke chapter 5, verse 3 says this. It says, stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out, to, out into the water. So he sat in the boat and he taught, uh, taught the crowds from, from there. And this is my first point, Okay. I don't even know if I told you. Oh, I did tell you the title of my sermon. It's this time. Everyone say this time. All right, good. See, I'm having a moment right now. All right, this time. And here's my first point. Listen to this. It's simply this. Things change when Jesus gets in your boat. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. You want some change in your life? Invite Jesus into your boat. Matter of fact, I don't think Peter was inviting Jesus in the boat. Jesus said, hey, get your boat, and I'm, I'm going to use it, right? Peter's just over there cleaning his nets. And so he does that, and, and he goes out there, he gets in the boat. You know, it's one thing for us to sulk or sulk in your pity. Anybody ever had a pity party? Like when I was growing up and I'd have a pity party, my dad had this song, and you met my dad a couple weeks ago, and he'd say, you know, and we would pout, we'd, and, and we would sing this song, pout and pooty TJ, pout and pooty TJ. Still rings bad in my ears right now, okay? And still hurts. But when one of us would pout and, and, and soak like that, you know, sometimes we do that as believers. God, woe is me. Woe is me, I have the worst struggle ever in my life right now. Maybe you're dealing with a tough person at work. It's not the worst thing that could happen to you, right? You know, I love that song. You know, there's an old song that says, count your blessings, right? Name them one by one. It, it, it's amazing to me when you, when you begin to do that, that what seems like a terrible situation to you is not as bad as you really thought it was, right? And so... Uh, I, I, there's been times where I've had pity parties, and this is crazy when you begin to just have a pity party. If you'll just let Jesus step into your situation, it's amazing what he'll do. This is crazy. This is crazy. And here's, here they are, the mundane of cleaning their nets, and it seems very unimportant to them. And listen to this. The reason they would stretch and clean their nets, and I told you they would do that with fresh water, and they would stretch them out. But this is what, this, there's some practicality to this. Listen, listen, when they would do that, we need to learn to be washed by, by the word. Right? Uh, if, you're, if your nets are a little bit, because uh, what would happen is the salt water would get in there, and they would become brittle. And sometimes that happens to us. The salt water would get a little salty in our life, and we get brittle, Right? And we need the washing of the word over our hearts and over our lives to keep us pliable and to keep us moldable, right? And then sometimes in that process, when we're being washed by the word, I don't know if God does this to you, but he does this to me. He begins to stretch me, and I'm like, God, I can't handle this anymore. And he lets go, and I'm like, ooh, now i got a little more slack. Thank you. See, we need to understand that God is stretching you, and there's a purpose to what he's doing in your life. See, it's not mundane, but, what, uh, but it's important to, to what is coming. See, every place Jesus entered, he changed the atmosphere. 
I'll give you an example. Right here. Every place Jesus entered, he changed the atmosphere. Now, you guys know me, TJ, up here. But you don't know TJ like I know TJ. And there may be some things in here that I'm not very proud of. And there may be some things in your life. But when Jesus came in, I was changed. How many stories in the New Testament where Jesus stepped into the situation, where Jesus was just there? How about the woman with the issue of blood? Jesus is just there, and everyone's trying to touch him. He's got a multitude around him. And there she is, crawling, crawling, crawling. And all she does is just touch the hem of his garment. Just in the proximity of Jesus, I'm just going to touch the hem of his garment. And Jesus is like, who touched me? You remember all the disciples? Uh, Jesus, you've got a multitude of people around you. Everybody's touching you right now. And he said, no, 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 no. Someone touched me and drew power. It's amazing to me when Jesus would come in, see, we'd see blind would see, lepers would be cleansed, demon possessed freed from bondage, hungry were fed, wedding feasts could continue, right? Jesus changed the atmosphere of where he was. Can I ask you this? Are you letting Jesus into your boat? Or are you so preoccupied with the mundane that you're missing the moment Jesus is there and he's saying, I just want to step out on your boat. I'm going to use this moment for you. See, Jesus, uh, if Jesus could do all those things while he walked on earth, why couldn't he get into your boat and change your situation? Listen, he can change your attitude. Man, sometimes I need that. He can change your heart. Sometimes I need that. He can change the atmosphere. I need that. He can change the direction you're going. Sometimes we need that, right? And it's crazy because sheer opportunity with Peter, and there they are after fishing all night, sheer opportunity brought him into contact with Jesus Christ, the guy who changes everything. Jesus needed a boat. Peter was doing the mundane chore. There's a boat Had a, after a terrible night of fishing. And can I tell you this? Maybe you're doing the mundane thing in life. Listen, maybe you're serving in a very low capacity here in the church or what would seem like a low capacity. But can I tell you this? Don't despise the mundane things or the small things because they will position you to be used by God. Listen, because Peter was there cleaning his nets. It put him in the right position for Jesus to be there and be like, I want to use your boat, and I'm going to step out on your boat. Are you following me? Are you tracking with me? If you're tracking with me, say amen. All right, good. So there it is. It put him in the right proximity. You say, TJ, I can't speak at church. You're right. Maybe some of you can't. Maybe you would be up here and your knees would be shaking and you'd be scared to get up here and, and get in front of all these people. But can I tell you this? You could help clean the church. Right? What about this? You could pray for someone. We're not all called to be up here. That's okay. What about this? TJ, I can't sing on the worship team, and some of you don't need to sing on the worship team. It's the reason God said make a joyful noise, not a pretty noise, right? It's okay. Like, man, sometimes the truth hurts, right? It's all right. So I can't sing on the worship team, but can I tell you this? You could do this. You can learn to run sound. You could help on the media team. What about this? 
oh, TJ, I couldn't teach an adult class. I can't teach people to go into the deeper things of God. Can I tell you this? You can teach kids about the promises of God. You could drive the youth to their next event in the church van. And we'll put an anointing oil on it and pray over it. Amen. Luke chapter 16 verse 10 says this. It says, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. You know, one of the things that, uh, that in ministry, I think when you're young, you, you, want, you want to to go further than you probably should, you know, when you start off, you're like, I think I should be doing this. But here's the thing, you know, can you serve underneath the ministry? Can you serve underneath someone for a minute? Say, well, I struggle with that. Well, then you aren't ready to lead somebody if you can't serve under somebody. Jesus said, I came to serve, right? He did. So, so God is good. Uh, God is so good at taking small things and making them great. What do you mean? Well, he took five loaves and two fishes and fed a multitude of people, right? Fed 5,000 and he fed 4,000, right? And, and that doesn't even include the women and children. They ate. Don't, don't think they didn't eat. They got, they got to eat, right? But small things, when you're faithful in the small things, God will make you a ruler of much, right? And can I tell you this? It's not what we are doing. It's where we are positioned that matters, now, that might have just flew right over your head. It's not always necessary what we're doing for the Lord, but it's how it has positioned us for God to use us. And that allows room for Jesus to officially step onto your boat because you're, you may feel like you're doing the mundane thing, but you're positioning yourself to say, hey, Jesus, get in my boat. Everyone say, Jesus, get in my boat, please. Here's the second thing. Here's the second thing I want to take from this story right here. It says this in verse 5. It says, Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other, uh, in, in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Here's the second one. Here's the second thing. Everyone say this. Obedience is key. Obedience is key. Listen what he said. Jesus said, it, Jesus told him this. He said, we, we worked all night and didn't catch a thing. And then this is, this is the statement. I love what Peter says right here. He says this. Lord, if you say so. If you say so. You know what? I'm just going to let you know, Lord, we already fished these waters all night long. Didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, right, kind of reminds me of, of, of my kids. And let, let me ask you this. Why is it so hard to obey sometimes? Why is it so hard to obey sometimes? Right? Let me tell you why it's so hard to obey God. Because we like doing it on our terms. So when we obey the Lord, that means that I have to surrender to his will. I have to surrender to him. Right? 
And it's funny because here Jesus speaks, and he tells him what to do. And then Peter argues back, there's no fish out there. I'm just going to give you the facts, Lord, just in case you didn't know. There's no fish out there. We were there all night long. But if you say so, right? I could see why it's saying that. If you say so, Dad, right? <laughs> Peter does what, what I have a tendency to do in my own life is this. I begin to reason in my own mind and in my own thinking. This is what I see, God. This is what I know. And this is what, what, what's in front of me. And Jesus is like, listen, you either are going to be obedient and you're going to trust me or you're not. And this week someone told me something and, I, and, and it made me question something that God had placed in my heart. Matter of fact, I, I was... I was, I was Going along, my just minding my business, and this person said something to me, and this thing that they said was very jaded. Not here, okay? Just so you know, don't look around and say, who said this? All right? It was very jaded, and it was kind of pointed at me a little bit, and, and I thought, what, what does that mean? What did you just tell me? Has anyone ever done that to you? And you're like, you had to, you had to step back and go, I didn't like your tone. And I was like, why? Why did they tell me that? Why, why did you say that? Why are you being a Debbie Downer to me right now? I don't understand. Where's this hate coming from, right? And they said this thing to me, and I, and I was like, well, maybe this is true, right? And I began to think about that, and the Holy Spirit stopped me right then and said, hey, what have I told you? Not what man has told you, but what have I told you? What have I showed you, TJ? What have I placed in your heart? What am I, what, the things that I told you, do you believe that or do you believe what this one person said? And I had to stop and I had to say, God, you're right. I'm sorry. I need you to forgive me because that's just, Somebody that's allowing the enemy to, to speak and use them to cause discouragement here. But God, you, you haven't told me to walk in that. So I'm going to walk in what you've promised me. And I'm going to step in that regardless of what this person says. It doesn't matter because I am going to be obedient to you. And I'm going to trust you and you alone, Lord. Amen. Faith and obedience. To and in God doesn't always make sense. I don't know about you. I have a finite mind. You're like, what does that mean? I have a little mind. Right? Sometimes I struggle to wrap my head around what God's doing. Does, am I the only one that does that? And so I, when God says, hey, do this, and I'm like, man, God. TJ's not good enough to do that, you know. That's how I talk to God. It's okay. We have our own relationship. You can, you can talk to God how you want. But I begin to think about this. How crazy did Noah look building an ark? How crazy did he look? You know, he's building an ark, and everyone began to mock him, make fun of him, and he's like, it's going to rain. They're like, what's rain? But when it started to rain, guess where they were? <laughs> Noah. Right? What about this? You know, sometimes things don't make sense. What about David? He went to fight Goliath with a sling. That didn't even make sense to King Saul. He's like, hey, little David, you want to go fight Goliath? Cool. You need to put my armor on. 
you need to do it this way. This is the way you should do it. And, and, and if you know anything about King Saul, he was a tall, tall guy. David was not. He was what they call ruddy is what they say. I think he was just short and, 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 and mean like me. That's what I like to think anyways. But David goes out with nothing else but a sling that God had positioned him as a shepherd boy. I could see him out there watching sheep and practicing with his sling. It doesn't make sense. What about this? What about the prophet Jeremiah? Probably, honestly, if you look at Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, they call him the weeping prophet. But if you look at all the people that turned to Christ from his ministry, do you know how many that was? Or not Christ, but who came back to God. He preached to Israel for years and years and years and years and years and zero. Whew. I don't know about you. I'd be weeping too. Jeremiah. It's amazing to me, right? What about this? But all those people, they remained obedient and they watched God do the miraculous. Can I tell you this? That obedience is better than sacrifice. We, we know that. Scripture tells us that in Samuel, right? We know that obedience is better than God is more interested in your obedience than your sacrifice. He's more interested in, now listen, be careful here, be careful here, don't, don't, don't throw me. He's interested in your heart. He's interested, he's, he, your obedience in giving and your obedience in tithing more than he is your tipping of him. Now that's quiet. What about this? Your obedience in walking with him, living right, living holy, doing what's right, doing what is, uh, that, that doesn't look bad. God is interested in your obedience to him, not just how you can come down here and serve at the church. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Peter, he argues with Jesus. Hey, Jesus, this is not how we were taught to fish here at the Sea of Galilee Technical Institute of Fishing. And just so you know, we don't fish during the day. We fish at night because the fish go down to the bottom of the sea during the, during the day, and that's when they, they bite. So not daytime. We fish at night, number one. Number two, we put our nets down, and uh, Lord, you're telling us to drag them all the way to the bottom, but they're too heavy to do that. And so, Lord, that's not a good idea. That's not the way we do it. And, Lord, here's the third thing. I hate to bust your bubble here. We just fished all night, didn't catch a fish. I think we already fished the Sea of Galilee. It's completely empty. I don't know if he said that. And this, is, this is me, okay? It's okay. But Jesus would say this. Simple words. Let down your fish, or let down your nets and catch some fish. Let down your nets and catch some fish. Simple, right? And I love this. Peter's answer is so beautiful. If you say so, Lord. If you say so. Right? I'm not going to fight you on this. You just use my boat. I'm tired anyway, so you might as well. And I, I begin to think about that. Is he being sarcastic there, or is he really trusting in God? If you say so, right? So look at this. He says this. I fished all night, nothing. I just clean my nets, the mundane task that, you, that I do every day, every time I fish. So why not? He throws it out there. You know what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. Listen to me. It's talking about obedience here. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and what? Lean not on your what? Oh, I don't know about you. I use my own understanding like a crutch. 
I do. I'm bad about that. I have to remind myself, you know, I can do this. I can do that. But God's like, I don't want you to lean on your own. I want you to trust me and me alone. Verse 6 says this, in all your ways. Listen, did I say some of your ways? No, in all your ways, what? Oh, that S word, submit to him and what? He will make your path straight. Something about when we begin to submit to God, when we're obedient to God, when we begin to trust God, it, it, it blows my mind when we begin to do that, how God begins to take us places that we've never known. We can see the miraculous in our life when we begin to trust in God, right? Everyone say, God, help me to trust you. See, my tendency is this, just to obey enough to see what happens. Am I the only one? Lord, I'll, I'll just do this. I'll put my fleece out. What about this? Some of you that have kids in the house say amen to that. How about your kids? They do just enough just to not get in trouble, right? I'll give you an example right here. Hey, Wyatt, take out the trash. I'll get it, Dad. I'll get it, and he'll pull it out. He'll set it by the trash can. It's out, out of the trash, but it's there, right? It's not completely done. <laughs> Am I the only one that deals with that at my house? Okay, good, all right. <laughs> when you ask your kids to do something and they do it halfway and expect the benefit of an allowance, well, Dad, I did it. Uh, no, you didn't finish it. You did partially. You did it partially. You didn't do it all the way. I see all these parents looking at their kids right now. This is awesome up here. I wish you could see this. Can I tell you this? Listen to this. Listen to this. Partial obedience is still disobedience. Young people, partial obedience is still disobedience. When your parents ask you to do something, if you do it halfway, Guess what? You didn't fulfill what they asked you to do. It's disobedience. Like, can I, let me give you an example. You're either in the pool or you're not in the pool. You're either wet or you're not wet, right? There's no real in-between on that, right? Uh, you're either speeding or not. If you don't believe me, go get a ticket and ask the officer, was I speeding or was I not speeding, right? There's no in-between. It's like you're either over the speed limit or you're not, you know, you're either good, right? Uh, I'll go a step further. I heard a pastor say this week, uh, man, this, man, and this hit me like a ton of bricks. I heard a pastor say this this week, and they said this. They said, delayed obedience is disobedience. So when your parents say, hey, take out the trash, that means now, not when you feel like it, right? Oh, that's a good example, right? But when God tells you, hey, I want you to do this right now, that doesn't mean you do it when it's convenient for you. You do it right then and there. Coming back to the adults now. When God says, hey, I want you to go talk to that person in the grocery store. I want you to go pray for that person. You don't go, well, Lord, if a crow flies by in here, then I'll go do it. And if we end up in the same aisle, you know, don't throw your fleece out there. You go do what the Holy Spirit's telling you to do. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. Man, I don't know, when I heard that, that hit me like a ton of bricks. And I thought, man, God help me. God help me. If you say so, Lord, is what Peter said. If you say so, this time, Lord, I'm not going to question 
how, if, when, why, what, but I'm just going to trust you. And everyone say this, this third point right here. Say this time. This time is different. And now this is where I want to get. This is where I, I begin to really focus. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come back. I begin to focus on this, this point right here. And this is where I, I, when I begin to study this, I just felt like this was where a, a place that I'd never had went with this scripture before. This time is different. And can I tell you this? I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know what your situation is. But you need to stop comparing where you're at now with where you were. I don't know about you. My tendency is to look at where I was and always be like, but God, but, but God, but God. And God's like, it's not, it's not that time anymore. It's this time. Right? Can I tell you this? Last night's disaster, uh, it turned into days to two today's miracle when you look at peter's situation there peter james and john and andrew you look at their situation last night's disaster because it was this time they may have had many nights of bad fishing the scripture doesn't doesn't tell us that but i'm sure they've had nights like that before but they could have easily been like well last time that happened last time that happened i don't know about you but if i would have been those guys i probably would have been like you know what it's time to sell the boats we're not doing very good right we're supposed to be professional fishermen. We came. We didn't even catch bait. We couldn't do nothing. Yesterday's failure, listen, yesterday's failure is today's victory. This time, this time, everyone say this time. So look at this, look at this, look at this. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this. I'm going to read scripture again real fast. I'm going to go back up here. This time it says this. Master Simon replied, we worked all last night and didn't, didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let... I'll let down the nets again. Some of you need to let your nets down again. And this time, their nets, everyone say, and this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to what? Tear. A shout for help brought their, their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and were on the verge of sinking. Look at this. This time, everyone say, this time. Look what they did. We have these signs up here. They say all in. Everyone say all in. When they, number one, let Jesus on their boat, they obeyed what he asked them to do. Jesus told them what they, they put their nets down, and this time the results were different than what they had been before, right? Where they had tarried all night in their own power, their own struggle, they just couldn't get it right. Jesus comes in and is like, listen, throw those nets out there. Let them run deep. Let them run deep. This time. And I love this part of the story because there's Peter and Andrew and they're trying to get these nets of fish in and they're at the place where they're like, James, John, get over here. We need your help. Have you ever been in a situation where you just need someone's help really fast and you're like screaming, right? Get in here. Get over here now. And there they are. And they start to, to help them pull the weight of all this blessing that God allowed them to get. Can I tell you this? This time... All in, how about this, all hands on deck, 
Cornerstone, I'm talking to every person in the building today. All hands on deck. You say, oh, I don't know what I can contribute to this church. We need you to help us grab the nets and begin to pull them in. Can I tell you this? When God unloads his blessing, it takes many people. When he really just unloads his blessing, it takes everybody doing their part to bring it in because it's, it's unsurmountable. It's, it's bigger than what you can even imagine. I believe that God has, has a harvest for this house that's so big that, that, that we can't even put our heads around it. But I can tell you this. If you'll stand with me on the edge of the boat and you'll grab that side of the net and I'll grab this side and we'll work together, God will give us a great harvest for this church. Do you believe that this morning? Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Listen, it's going to take all hands on deck for the harvest of souls that God is going to bring to us. Say, oh, I'm not good at this or that. Hey, we'll find a place for you here. You can love on people. We'll find a place for you. No longer can, listen to me, I'm going to say this. No longer is it just going to be the pastor's responsibility or the staff member's responsibility, but it's going to be everybody. Because we need you. We need you. Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, 38 says this. says, he said to the disciples, the harvest is great. But the workers are few. The workers are few. Listen to this. So verse 38 says this. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. He's in charge of the harvest. Not us. Not me. He's in charge of the harvest. Listen. Ask him to send more workers into this field. Listen. Here's my. I'm praying to the Lord. But I'm asking you. We need more people. To grab nets and help bring the people of Bedford and Bloomington and Springville and Williams out by my area. Woo! Into the kingdom of God. Their boats were so full that, that they were on the verge of sinking. You know what? I would love to see this church so full that the... No, no, I don't want to see our church sink. Okay. But I, want, I would love to see this church so full, not for my sake, not for our sake, but for the Lord's sake. Because God loves people. We're in the people business. And listen, if you don't love people, you need to get that right in your heart because God loves people. He died on the cross for people. Right? Amen. People matter to the Lord. And their boats were so, so full that they were on the verge of sinking. And can I tell you this? It went from a dark night to the... To a bright sunny day and the boats are full of fish. I would have loved to have seen the Indiana game wardener just show up there when he saw all those fish on that boat and said, I'm going to write some tickets today, right? Oh, too bad. You're in the Sea of Galilee. Get out of here. It's not your jurisdiction, right? It blows my mind. It took all of them, it took all four of those guys to get the blessing in. Listen, it's going to take all of us 
to get the blessing that God has before us. It's going to take you pulling your weight. It's going to take me pulling my weight. And what I believe, I believe as a church that we can do it. And I believe that we've got strong hands and strong backs, spiritually speaking. And we can grab and we can say, God, send us the harvest. Send us the harvest. Grab, pull. Send us the harvest, Lord. I don't know about you, but I am ready for what God has for this body. Amen. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Look at this. This time, look at this. Here's the second thing I want to say. This time, this time, total surrender. Total surrender. Total surrender. Can I tell you this? Look at me. And I'm not casting judgment here, but true repentance in your hearts leads to change. When you repent, you walk away from the life that you had. True repentance leads to change. True surrender will go beyond natural devotion. I know that was deep, right? True surrender will go beyond natural devotion. Look, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. You know what they did after they pulled in all these fish? I'm stopped fishing now. We ended on a high note, Lord. I'm done. But look at this. Verse 11 says this. Verse 11 says, they left everything and followed Jesus. Total surrender means you leave everything. But look at, look at this. Look what Peter does in verse 8 through 10. He says this, when Simon Peter realized what happened, talking about the fish coming into the boat, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said this, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. How many of you fishermen have done that when you caught a big bass? Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. No, he was so blown away by what God had done in that moment. It says this in verse 9. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, and the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon. He said this. And I love Jesus' respond, response here. It says, don't be afraid. For now, you're going to be fishing people. And as soon as they landed... They left everything and followed Jesus. This time, this time, talking about situation now, this time we're going to leave everything behind. God, I surrender. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. So it's amazing to me what we value or what we think is important in our lives sometimes. I was thinking about this. You know, right now we don't have internet or any kind of TV like at our house. We're, we're old-fashioned right now. Maybe forever. I don't know if we can get internet out where we're at. But, and it's been this like, like, I've had this thing. It's like, well, we need to get internet. We need to, we need to stay connected. We need to get internet. We need to stay connected, right? And it's like God's just like, do you really need that, TJ? 
I'm just being real right now. I'm, I mean, I'm not saying the Internet's wrong. Don't get me wrong, okay? Listen, I'm not saying the Internet's wrong or TV's wrong. I'm just saying God has shifted something in me to say, hey, I'm more important than that. Maybe God didn't allow me to get the Internet where I'm at so he could show me that, right? There's this old song we used to sing, and some of you saints may know it. It's simply this, and I think, I think, Don, I think I saw your, your I, I don't know if it's your nephew, one of your family members posted this the other day on Facebook, and it, it hit me right between the eyes, and this old song says, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full into his wonderful face, and the things of earth will, will grow, what, strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. The things that I think matter so much are probably not as important as what the Lord wants to do. Things that seem important to us don't compare to what God has in store for us. See, they left everything to follow Jesus. When we look towards Jesus, Internet's not important. Your binge watching on Netflix is not as important as you think it is. Hulu, all that thing, all those. And I, listen, if you watch those, more power to you. Just don't let them get in front of you and God. What about this? My favorite sports team is not as important. I love that. The things in this world, they become less and less important because they are not eternal. Here's the last one. This time, it'll happen. Look at this. Look at this. And I begin to think about this story, too, this week. I mean, I've, I did a lot of thinking this week, as you can tell, right? But David took five stones to fight Goliath. And I've heard that preached 400 different ways, right? Some say, hey, there's, there's four extra stones because Goliath had four other brothers, right? So I've heard that preached. And I've also heard, heard a sermon on the five stones represent the fivefold ministry. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing, nothing wrong with those teachings. I think they're powerful. And you may hear me do those. But I say he took five stones because guess what? If I miss, I got another stone. This time. Whew, what about this story? When, remember when Elijah sent his servant out to look for rain? And he goes out, hey, go look and see if it's raining. And he goes out looks over the sea. What'd you see? No clouds. Okay, do it again. What'd you see? No clouds. Do it again. Stinking Elijah. What'd you see? No clouds. Seven times. Listen, on the seventh time, he saw, he saw a cloud, and he came back. And, you know, seven, it, it, numerically, that's, that's a great number in the Bible. It means a number of completion. But can I tell you this? What if he hadn't seen a cloud on the seventh time? I think he would have went back the eighth time. And can I tell you this? Don't grow weary in well-doing. When you're doing the mundane things, stretching your nets, cleaning your nets when you're doing the don't grow weary because God is positioning you and he's ready to step into your boat come on bow your heads with me all across this building say TJ what in the world were you saying today simply this if it doesn't happen right away keep praying keep obeying keep believing and believe this this time 
is different. Like Peter, Andrew, James, and John, this time is different. The past is over. It's a new season. It's time. God, I thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, it's powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. Lord, I pray, Lord, today, Lord, that your spirit would just permeate this place. God, Lord, that you would help us to evaluate the things in our life. God, not everything is, is wrong, but not everything is, is beneficial to us. God, I ask, Lord, that you would help us to prioritize. Lord, in this time, in this season, this crazy 2020, Lord, help us to put our focus back on you and you alone. God, we trust you. Lord, we know you. If you're here in this building and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I want to give you a personal invitation to know him today. And under the sound of my voice, you feel the convic conviction of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, and you say, I feel something tugging at my heart. The Bible tells us that no man comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws him. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, touching you, changing you, ministering to you right now. If you don't know Jesus, you want to know him. You want to come in relationship with him. You want to leave it all behind because this is a new time. This time you want to know him. You want to make things right in your heart. You know, you'd, if you were to die today, I'm not trying to scare you, but if you were to die today, would you make it to heaven? If you don't know that answer, I'm going to tell you, this is your moment right here. With all heads bowed, all eyes closed. And the sound of my voice, you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Would you just lift your hand? No one looking around. Anybody in the building right now? Anybody in the building? All right, let's do this. Under the sound of my voice, you say, hey, TJ, I've, I've been struggling in the mundane. I feel like I've been stretching my nets. I feel like I've been washing my nets. I feel like things, I'm not getting momentum. And I just need Jesus to step into my boat. And I need Jesus to help me to be obedient to what he's saying. And I need Jesus to change my situation this time. Under the sound of my voice, you hear me today. You say, hey, I, that's me. I've been struggling. There's, there may not be sin in your life. It, it doesn't mean that you're wrong. doesn't mean you messed up. It just means that, you know what? You just want to feel the, the presence of the Lord again. Maybe that's you. Just lift your hand all across this building. Anybody? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands going up all across the building. Let's do this. Stand to your feet if you will, this morning. Let's all stretch our hands towards heaven. And I just want to say a prayer over, if you lifted your hand. God, I pray for this body, God. God, I pray for those who have maybe felt like they're, they're, they're just kind of going through the motions. But God, I pray, Lord, that you would give them strength, supernatural strength that can only come from you, God. And don't let them get weary and well-doing, God. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just send your love and mercy to them right now. God, cover them under your grace. God, God, step into their situation. Step into their situation right now, God. Let them know, God, that you're there. You're with them. 
God, and as you step into their situation, God, I pray, Lord, that you would help them to be obedient to what you have called them to do. Whatever that is, whatever that looks like, God, help them to follow your will and only your will. God, I pray, Lord, and we believe, Lord, that this time, that this time, God, it's going to be different. In the name of Jesus, amen. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Thank you. You guys have been, have been wonderful today. If you will, stretch your hand this way. I just want to give you a blessing today. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. Amen. Come on and give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. that they've gone through it is so nice to see the anointing fall upon our pastor and him to get up here and speak in that anointing we just appreciate you so much pastor tj if you're a guest with us today there is a connect card in front of you if you would fill that out and turn it in at our information desk for the welcome center we've got a special gift just for you we'd like to get to know you just a little bit better and we thank you so much for coming out worshiping with us today for tithing there are buckets in the back of the sanctuary as you exit out. Uh, we do all our tithing and offerings there. Uh, we got a few announcements this, this today. Um, this month is Pastor Appreciation Month. And in the past, we've had a dinner, but with COVID and everything, we're not going to be able to do the dinner this year. But we are going to have um, stations in the back where you can give gift cards and donations uh, to our wonderful pastors and just thank them so much for all they do for us each and every week. Uh, we've also got a women's Bible study this Tuesday at 6 p.m. We're going to be doing a bonfire, right? Weather permitting? Yes. Bonfire's Tuesday. And then we're starting our, our Wednesday classes back this Wednesday. And Wednesday night classes will start at 7 p.m. The teens are going to Lark Ranch on October 9th. Uh, they're going to have a great time there. If you've got a teen that would like to join, we need to get your permission slips turned in by Wednesday night. So we need to make sure that we get those turned in. And this year, instead of our fall carnival, uh, we're going to do things a little bit different this year. We're going to have a reverse parade. Harry was explaining this to me. But what you guys need to know right now is we need a lot of candy and a lot of volunteers, and then we're going to be doing it out in the parking lot, so there'll be more information to come on that. Uh, that is all for today. you got to-